Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's have some fun. It's football day. Yay! <laughs> That's the sound of Joe Scrabbles opening a beer because it's Friday afternoon. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! And it's the UK podcast from IGN because I missed out those letters at the start of that. <laughs> Matt Perslow's here as well. Hello. You've been ill this week. How are you feeling? Yeah, a bit better. I do yeah. apologise if I'm coming across quite nasally. Quite stuffy. Yeah, I am mm. on the wheelie chair though. So, so you know, if I get into an emergency, I can just wheel off into the corner. How, what kind of illness are we talking <laughs> about if there's emergency <laughs> situations? When I say emergency, I mean a slightly snot-related emergency. I don't want to get it over any of you mm. or the equipment. Or You're not going to do some sort of powerful fart that shoots you across the room <laughs> i feel like i've been on the um cusp of a cold for about two weeks now yeah you talk about it quite yeah, a lot i know i just i feel like if i keep talking about it it'll stay away me and you are having a weekend in paris we are and like i don't want to be ill for that exactly yeah it's gonna be a kiss, lot you'll get it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh no um anyway this is a bit of a different podcast mm-hmm. for the first half it'll be normal as per big film special as well yeah Second half, after feedback, don't worry, there'll be plenty of spoiler warnings and warnings, music, warnings, hooters, klaxons. There'll be warnings for spoilers. put all of those in it. (laughs) If I don't hear every single one of those elements. We're recording this at almost five on a a Friday. I want edit time. Yeah, fair play. Yeah, I'm not getting it this week. Um, But yeah, Joker comes out today. Mm. We just went and saw it. I saw it for the second time. Don't, you guys have literally just walked out seeing it. Don't tell our boss. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was there as well. <laughs> he was in the cinema with us. Um, but yeah, we're going to do a big old, I don't know, a, a lengthy chat, and that'll be full of spoilers. Yeah, it's going to be a big spoiler cast. So well, bit, big spoiler bit yeah. of our cast. But uh, there'll be plenty of warnings, so don't you worry. But for the first half, we're going to talk about a lot of films that mm. aren't out yet. So we can't spoil them because we haven't seen them unless they spoil themselves. Yeah. First, up, many trailers do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we've got, we're going to talk about Joker later, but first we're going to talk about Harley Quinn. Oh, great! Birds of Prey. Great. Hmm. Can't wait. Hmm. The only so I still haven't actually seen Suicide Squad. She's the best I've heard part is of bad it. Things. I've seen like five ten minute segments here and then when it's on TV, just out of morbid. Curiosity. They put it on TV. I know it's made it all up. Um, so yeah, I can't really talk too badly about it because I haven't seen it, and that would be unfair. But Birds of Prey trailer is not doing a lot for me. I can tell no. you that. Well, as you've heard, if you've listened to this podcast since the Suicide Squad days, mm. as we call them, uh, you'll know that it is a perfect four pint film. <laughs> if you're there with your mates after four pints, it was quite enjoyable. Really? Is that is that the consensus we have? <laughs> that was what me and Gav said, and that's because we were the only two people who saw it with mates after four pints. And our experience was that it was quite fun, because <laughs> you can't really concentrate on the fact there aren't details to concentrate on. But what do you think about Suicide Squad, Matt? Because people might not know your opinions on that film. I uh, genuinely think it's one of the worst films of the superhero golden age. Well, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, and do you hold up much hope for Birds of Prey? From not that? at all, because it just looks like suicide. This is the thing, right? Is that I, 
agree with Joe that, Holly, that Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn is the best thing of mm. that film. Mm. And so um, there was kind of a little bit of hope that like if you pull her out and she's obviously got creative control over it, there's no there's no Jared Leto. If she in has this, some sort of, of fantabulous emancipation. Well, yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, there was the hope that this could be interesting. Obviously, it's got um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead in this as Huntress. Yeah, she's she's great. good. Um, but yeah, it seems to be carrying on like all the tonal strangeness of Suicide Squad, and I hate that. No. I'm very intrigued by what Ewan McGregor's up to in this film. <laughs> oh, it's Ewan McGregor doing his one British, uh, one American accent he can do, yeah. which is an American accent from nowhere. <laughs> I'm very hit and miss on Ewan McGregor. I think Me he's too. either brilliant or absolutely yeah. terrible. Agreed. And. Um, yeah, in this, it's I'm erring towards terrible. Like, we've not really talked. Doctor Sleep's coming soon, and he looks like he could potentially be good in that. Well, he's I got the same voice. Yeah, so <laughs> I feel like it. That that looks but almost good, certainly right? the material for Doctor Sleep yeah. is going to be better. Well, yeah, he's got Mike Flanagan directing yeah. him, so it's the fine. material. Some of his jackets in Birds of Prey look very interesting. He's I mean, just wearing suede constantly by the looks yeah. of it. He's got the white suit as well. The black mask is yeah. known for wearing. Do you think he's actually going to put a black mask on at any oh, point? Almost certainly. But yeah, it's... but it'll be one of those moments that's in all. All superhero films that don't want to just be comic book films. Mm. So what will happen is like he'll be in a clothes shop and it'll blow up and he'll be like, <laughs> and he'll be looking around like clawing at the ground and his hand will fall on a black mask and then he'll go, oh, I like this, <laughs> and that'll be it. There won't be like accidentally like super glue attached to the inside, so we can never get. There's it that off. too, yeah, <laughs> definitely that. <laughs> like you'll be like, oh, now I live it. Oh, he's gonna, he's gonna. This is gonna happen, right? He's gonna get disfigured, and so therefore he'll wear the black mask so mm -hmm. that he doesn't mm -hmm. have yeah. to look like messed up. Yeah, it would just be two faced, but with masks. Yeah, so the second last shot of the film before we get the shot of Harley Quinn. I don't know, having her emancipation. Yeah, uh, will be you and McGregor standing up from some rubble with his disfigured yeah. mask on. Mm. Now be it. I'm not. Yeah, I, I'm not looking forward to this one. It just doesn't look fun <laughs> like the whole point of that trailer is that it's meant to be fun mm. and i didn't have any fun it watching it if tedious, it? i'm very confused what's going on with this particular like suicide squad thing because this james gunn film is is it a reboot because it's half the same cast they keep changing what is their this? minds what is this film what is this i'm doing the what? biggest shrug of, you know yeah, the yeah. shrug emoji that yeah. people build yeah. out of little bits of punctuation what he did with guardians of the obviously have some faith in him to get this right but yeah. and why what's going on <laughs> i mean like this is the it's the shrug that literally everybody that's not working i mean i imagine half the people at warner brothers are doing the same shrug as i am like yeah. i don't think anybody's got any clue and that's the problem right it's like as much as like the internals of marvel are a mystery to most of us until the film actually comes out hmm. there is a certain logic that you see paving the way you know mm -hmm. things certain break down when deals can't go right and people can't make the money they want to but overall things make sense but yeah like not knowing so this suicide squad thing does have harley quinn in it right like that has been established i think <laughs> i don't know is, it, is this that off oh, there we go like yeah, I that's it. Maybe knows. she's emancipated herself from the the Suicide Squad as well. Oh, I really. Did they get all their bombs out at the end of Suicide Squad? <laughs> I know Big Joel Kinnaman's back in and oh, oh, he oh great. <laughs> Joel Kinnaman, man. What's going on? Some people he needs think he's around. a good actor. I mean, we're going to talk. Apparently, about, he was good in some stuff. We're going to talk about uh, Charlie Hunnam later. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he's one of them. <laughs> one of these guys that he's you been watch, good in one like, thing. 
Excuse me. Is anyone else seeing this? <laughs> apparently, so I've never watched Sons of Anarchy. Apparently, it's good. Yeah, but apparently, his yeah. accent's all over the place. Oh, well, he's good at that. Weird. Anyway, from one comic book movie that looks shocking to another that actually looks quite good and was once kind of grounded in a comic book. But I don't think they ever went to World War One in the comics. No. Or well, the graphic novel, anyway. Yeah. So this is The, the King's, King's Man. Man. Not The Kingsman, The King's Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's clever. Very crucial. Very clever, if not just slightly irritating. Mm. Mm. But I was not up for this at all. Off the first trailer, I was pretty cold on it. and oh, So I quite liked the first trailer. Really? I, I, it wasn't doing a lot for me. And I thought the second Kingsman film was fairly bad. Yeah. Yes. And, Elton but, John, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> And Jeez. just that whole Glastonbury scene is one of the worst. Ooh. Oh God! Scenes. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's tonally wrong. Um, <laughs> but this new trailer for the King's Man, I'm well up for this film. I think it, it looks, looks really good, and it has Ray Fiennes doing his like almost kind of a PG version of his in Bruges. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, and he's, I just love Ray Fiennes. He's very good. Yeah, um, so he is known to be a good actor. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The thing. <laughs> little fact for you there, Joe. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Schindler's List. Good. The English Patient. Good. And the others. <laughs> Voldemort. Oh, you're so good as Voldemort, though. Um, <laughs> but um, the bit that gets me most excited about this film. Rasputin. Yeah. Man, what a mad I choice. I love Rasputin. He is one of my favourite historical figures just because there's so much myth around this person. He was only around 100 years ago, but people have this opinion of some sort of wizard. Was he it? had one of the biggest penises ever. <laughs> yeah. He wouldn't die. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it is... The, the timeline is the most interesting thing with yeah. Rasputin. I know we're getting off, off on a no, tangent I'll talk here, about Rasputin all day. Like... He's contemporaneous with a load of people yeah. who we know literally everything about. Yeah. Like, we know their whole life and there's almost no mystery to them. And they like, are a few hundred miles away. He's a wizard now. <laughs> yeah. He's impervious to He's a mad monk who's having an affair with a Tsarina and can cure haemophilia. Yeah. He didn't. But um, Well, that seems to be a plot point as well in The King's Man. So, yeah, I'm intrigued by this because it looks like it's obviously taking place around World War One that sort of time, which makes sense for Rasputin. It looks like there's a scene with a parade and assassination. I don't know if that's supposed to be that Franz Ferdinand. Yeah, yeah, it looks like the start of World yeah. War One. I. I like is, this. I like, so yeah. I like any, I really, really like alternative history fiction. Yeah. Mm. Um, one of my favourite uh, set of books is, the first book is called Leviathan, I think, and it's uh, set in World War One, but the Germans have got giant mechs and... <laughs> And the, of course, oh, they hello. have oh, we go. And the clanky <laughs> European type. <laughs> and, uh, and the British have, uh, it's all based on, on a science that's called Darwinism. So they have massive animals. So they, like, their battleships are giant whales that fly through the sky. Yeah. And they fire, like, eagles, I think it is, out of <laughs> <by> broadside <laughs> Like, it's amazing. But the thing I really like about it is because it's set in World War One. it's based on, you know, like, World War One adventure books that you used to give to kids mm, in, like, the 20s? Mm. Yeah. So it's got that sense of adventure, which I think this has got. It looks like, whereas, like, Kingsman 2 kind of fell into that, like, oh, it's cheeky, a bit naughty humour. And, you know, like, this looks like it's a bit more of a, almost like a Bruckheimer adventure sort of film. Is it Matthew Vaughan doing this? I think so. Yeah. His name pops up at the start of the trailer, whether yeah. that's... And he's a, directing. And it's a Marv production. That's yeah. his company. So. I hope he doesn't rely on, like anal jokes yeah, anymore <laughs> it didn't, I no one had getting... anal back then anyway <laughs> no, they didn't Apart know from what Rasputin. it was yeah uh, uh, allegedly yeah Rasputin uh, mm. he didn't have much to do with World War One, did he 
Not, not really, no. I'm not getting into this. Well, this is it. I've got a 900-page bug film, Rusty, and I'm 150 pages into because it is a slog. Yeah. (laughs) Just watch Anastasia instead. Did you watch Anastasia when you were a kid? I did. I really liked it. (laughs) That's where he started It's all a lie. (laughs) Um, I do wonder if this is alternate history fiction or if it's kind of fake conspiracy theory sure. fiction uh, like, in the same way that like Sherlock the first Sherlock Holmes one that um, Guy Ritchie did had yeah. got that fake magic yeah. stuff in but it. that's well, it they, I kind of wonder if this is like oh you know how World War One started yeah. no you don't Rasputin did it <laughs> sure. but they're, they're trying to they're doing the thing again where that Rasputin looks like he's the main villain whereas in real life he wasn't really <laughs> well, Myers anyway that much of a villain like in, in Anastasia he's obviously some sort of mad <laughs> magic villain and look stuff. let's do a Rasputin yeah. spoiler cast <laughs> Did um he's Russia's greatest love machine. Who's playing him? That's a very good question. Some mad bastard. It's yeah. him. He's still alive. He's playing himself. Imagine if it was Ray Fiennes. He's playing dual oh. roles, nutty professor style. He's a cool British spy. You and think you've worked out the twist? But yeah, yeah, it looks fun. Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah. I've had a lot of fun even talking about it. There's another World War One film coming as well, which doesn't look anywhere near as fun. <laughs> this is very well looks... organised, Cardi. I appreciate this ordering you've done. <laughs> I know, I thought about it for once. Um, it's not all off the cuff. Shut up. <laughs> um, 1917, mm. which looks like Sam Mendes' World War One Dunkirk. It mm. looks too much. <laughs> I think it looks fantastic. It's okay. got that, because I, I think it's Roger Deakins that's on DP uh, yeah. on this, and it's got that... The thing I really like about Dunkirk is just, it's like proper full crisp. Like, it looks so crisp. Yeah. And There's a lot of long shots in the trailer. Yeah. And that's the thing. I only found out yesterday that this is a Birdman-style one-shot film that they're what? doing. You didn't know this. No. They're doing it as a seamless one-taker. What? Which sounds <laughs> insane. Jesus. For a film of that scale. If you're selling that, mm. why isn't the trailer just a little snippet of it? That is true, because it's all cut up and it looks action-packed from that. But yeah, yeah. I wondered, like... Because obviously there's a lot of time period going on in this. There yeah. is a, like, a whole lot of time, time period. period. I don't know what's going I, on. I would assume what it might do is do things where, like, you, for artistic interpretation, you have him walking and you can see, like, the backdrop changing from, like, maybe a season to another season. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's across seasons, mm. but there's definitely a day-night cycle at least. So sure, yeah. It's not you over the course of an time. hour and a half, but... Yeah, it's about these two young soldiers who are sent on a mission to go... They have to go through enemy lines, don't they, to try and deliver a message to yeah. prevent an attack happening. Would, like an ambush. The yeah. would slaughter 1,600 soldiers, yeah. I think, and it includes one of those two soldiers' brothers is one of those people, so there's a personal I am side super to it as well. glad that... I mean, maybe this is probably attributing too much, but yeah. it seems to have learned from Dunkirk that the way to tell a grand war story is to tell a small story within it and tell exactly. like use it as microcosm because yep. so many war films are about like look at the conflict yeah. and actually it's quite good to just have like mm-hmm. look how fucking tough this was yeah. well, that's why saving private ryan works so well right because yeah. it is just about like the last brother he needs exactly. to come home otherwise that family is fucked mm. oh, i might watch that this weekend that's good isn't it's it? a good film so far, right? are, are we gonna watch it together war? in paris no i'm gonna watch it by myself in bed in Paris, <laughs> not in Paris. I mean, you'd be closer to the to the actual event. Yeah. You'd cry even more. Oh, but no, nineteen seventeen looks good. I trust Sam Mendes. I think he's yes. very good. Even if 
I, I didn't mind Spectre. I thought it was fine. Do not like Spectre. I thought it was but absolutely I think fine. Skyfall is it's between brilliant. that and Casino is my favourite Bond. Yeah. So. I feel like Sam Mendes is working within different parameters when he's making Bond films yeah. to when he's making a war film. So yeah. he's probably I, fine. I think he's got a good sense of stuff. I really love Re- uh, Revolutionary Road. Mm-hmm. No, I've never actually watched that. I really Again, like that film. looks a bit much. It's not. Is it not? No, it's more. It's a, it sounds it's a drama. tough. And... Um, I still think, obviously, it's shrouded and stuff, but American Beauty is an incredible film. American Beauty is unbelievable. You can't take that away from him. You cannot. Um, But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think that's out in January, so that's not far away. When's the Kingsman out? Uh, Ask me later. (laughs) I think that might be later this year. I think it's quite soon. Is it this year? I've seen a lot of trailers recently that say the word December at the end of it. I'm like, there are a lot of films coming out in December. Yeah. And there's a Star Wars in December. What are you doing? Yeah. I think also coming out in December is Clint Eastwood's new film, Richard Jewell. Yeah. Unlike The King's Man, which comes out in February 2020. There we go. That's still not far away. No, not really. Richard Jewell, what do you know? I'm not going to. So I know about. Richard Jewell is a real life story of the 1996 Atlanta bombing. Mm-hmm. And Richard Jewell was the man. Do you want to know the premise? I mean, they, they, the, 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 in trailer the trailer tells you what the premise is. The premise is that he was the man who found the bomb and called it in and saved a lot of people's lives. But then quite soon afterwards, he was the chief suspect for yep. that bombing. And it's all about. So I know how it turns out. I'm not going to tell people how it turns out. Although it's a real life event that happened twenty odd years ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to spoil it. I, I unfortunately saw his name, knew it was a true story, and went onto Wikipedia to look him up. <laughs> and the first line of his Wikipedia entry gives away the entire plot <laughs> yeah, of the yeah. film. Brilliant, um, but it's but it not going to be about that because no, it lives in the American. It'll consciousness. be about the process, and it's very. So the thing that I'm worried about this film is I like Clint Eastwood films a lot, but his last few have been very politically heavy, <laughs> and sometimes not in the way I think about things. Yeah. And because this will be a film that's all about the media and the effect they can have on people's mindset. Mm. Is, is, uh, so I don't actually know a lot yeah. about Clint Eastwood's political views. Is he a he's, CNN he's, who's he's bad? He's or? pretty quite NRA. NRA. <laughs> he's big NRA. You can Ooh. imagine someone who's been in a lot of westerns yeah. like in a rifle when when <laughs> charlton heston died the person who took the rifle from his cold dead hands was clint eastwood do you, do you still the, holding on to do it do you remember the empty chair incident no when he was yeah. just talking to an empty chair clint eastwood was talking yeah. to an empty chair oh, we'll watch it afterwards but anyway <laughs> it's quite something <laughs> i the last eastwood film i properly watched was sully and i thought that was the most average film i've ever seen it was perfectly fine didn't really have a point to tom it. hanks though tom, tom hanks, hanks is always tom always hanks is good. good in an average film that's yeah. if you're gonna make an average film but if you're tom setting out it. i'm yeah. going average tom hanks sits in it you're like wicked <laughs> bucks i think I'm that, a there was a little golden period for eastwood like i think million dollar baby is brilliant sure. gran torino is very good so i actually, I actually Mr- really like changeling and a lot of people don't. I didn't know that was him. Yeah, I really like that. That's Angelina Jolie one. Did he do, yeah. did he do Mystic River? Yes. And I, that's people a really love good that. Film. Yeah. And obviously Unforgiven. And stuff. Like the, that's he had the one. 10 to 15 years where he was making very good films. Yeah. He is now 89. Mm. He made two films last year. He's very <laughs> prolific. Yeah. They're Maybe you should just ones, calm though. down. No, not necessarily. But, um, Can you imagine being directed by an 89-year-old man? Yeah. You'd just be like, come on, mate. He's kind of found his thing now, though, which is like, I'm going to pick a small not a small event but an event that's quite small in scale that I can tell in an hour and a half to two hours and just tell that story and it's, it's almost done. like he can't get on long plane flights <laughs> like, <laughs> like he has to be one location yeah but I think this looks good it's got John Hammond 
I so do like a bit of ham. You do like a bit of ham. Slice. Uh, Olivia Wilde's in it, and Sam Rockwell, who is always, always good. Has, yes he has. I was going to say, has Sam Rockwell ever made a bad film? And then I remembered Iron Man 2. But yeah. <laughs> he's quite good in it. So, it's also a very small part. Yeah, just a yeah. little dance. I'm looking, forward, I'm looking forward to that. I'm sure it'll be exactly what I think it is, and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to do a lot to the world, but it's not going to be terrible. Might do you know Im- what could be very good, but could also be very terrible? Mm-hmm. The Gentleman. Yes. Guy Ritchie's gone back to Cockney gangster films. Except, except Matthew McConaughey in it, just yeah. being Matthew McConaughey for got, a bit. So I really like Snatch and Lockstock. Yeah, I, I don't. I used to love them, and now when I try watching, I'm like, I, I would realise why I liked them when I was 16. Yes, and maybe I don't love them. I think Lockstock's a better film. I used to love Snatch a lot more. Oh, Lockstock's definitely better than it's Snatch. It's a better film. Yeah, when I was younger, I preferred Snatch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to laugh at that. We all got it. Unbelievable. You sent me off there. I didn't do anything. I'm not saying it was you. <laughs> anyway, um, Should, the can gentleman. We, can we just, sorry, before we do that, can we just quickly go through uh, yeah, yeah. Guy Ritchie's career in films? Oh, it's very mixed. <laughs> Actually, it's just gone down. Yeah, it's, I, it's, it's, it's quite an astonishing drop. Yeah. I, the Hard Case is a short film I've never seen. That was 1995. Mm-hmm. Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Good I'm, fun. Very I'm good. not a fan. I'm not okay. a fan of Guy Ritchie yeah, in general. That's so. fair. Snatch. I, yeah. Weirdly, listed in his filmography is Star, a segment from the BMW short film series. <laughs> the I remember it well. 2002, Swept Away. He I made fucking he Swept Away. He did, yeah. The rat film. Oh. <laughs> yeah. This is a man who did Lockstock and Snatch and then made Swept Away as his big oh, trilogy. Is, is Swept Away the rat film? I thought that was yeah, Flushed Away. Oh. oh, no, yeah, you're right. What is Swept Away? I'm... Absolutely it's wrong. It's away the one with Madonna. Is. It's a romantic comedy film, a remake of Lina Wertmüller's <laughs> 1974 Italian film, the same name. The film stars Richie's then wife so, Madonna. So not the animated... I really uh... thought he'd done Flushed Away for a second. <laughs> Fucking associating Guy Ritchie with some of Rat film. <laughs> Revolver. Fucking hell. Oh, that was bad. This I'd completely forgotten about. Rock and Roller. Yeah, I went to see that in the cinema and I hated it. So did I. So that was part when I did GCSE media studies. For some reason, that was we did a case study on it and market film market, and then we all went as a class to see it. (laughs) That's a. It was bad. Yeah. Who's the there was Who's the guy that's in that that plays like the young drug dealer and he was Uh, marked as the big up and comer at the time. Rock and Roller. I'm not going to remember that name. Uh, Toby Kebbell. Yes. Yes. He was. Uh, yeah. He's amazing in Dead Man's Shoes. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, plays a good monkey as well. I'm sorry. Slight uptick. Sherlock Holmes one. I like that film. Yeah, the first mm, one. I, feel, yeah, I think I, the first one's entertaining enough. Sherlock Holmes: A Game of Shadows. <laughs> nope. The Man from Uncle, which no one some remembers, people, exists. Some people think that's okay. Yeah, I, I think haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, King Arthur. That's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> and isn't it? Aladdin. But I forgot you did Aladdin. That's yeah. a mad one when you think about it, isn't it? It's as mad as Flushed Away, the film <laughs> he made. <laughs> but anyway, The Gentleman is back to that sort of Lockstock vibe, and it has Hugh Grant doing. Yeah, I like a Hugh Very Grant. funny accent. Yeah, I wish he did that more. Why is he only? F- why has he gotten to this point for him to do this? The first twenty seconds of the Gentleman trailer uh, made me think this might be amazing. And then, and then Charlie Hunnam starts speaking. Yeah, in what sounds like. He's trying to do a Scouse I accent. I think he's Scouse. 
I think. But then at the end, he sounds exactly day. like football <laughs> day again. <laughs> like, there's a bit where a kid steals a phone from a dead body and he runs after them and he goes, Little! <laughs> like, he's definitely swearing after that word, but it yeah. sounds like Charlie Hunnam's Green Street. But then bizarrely, Matthew McConaughey's in as a. Just playing a Texan marijuana yeah. salesman. Yeah. I. <laughs> I don't know if I'm that excited about this. I want to, like, that Hugh Grant performance looks good, but I don't know if that's just going to be every now and then he turns up in his office and says a few funny I was going to say, can Hugh Grant doing a funny voice save a film? But then Paddington 2... Well, it didn't need saving. Didn't save it. Didn't save it, but it did elevate it. Yeah. Paddington 2 yeah. is unbelievable. That's the thing. Just go and watch... If you want Hugh Grant doing cool, funny skits, go yeah. and watch Paddington 2, literally one of the best films ever made. Oh. <laughs> I just like the way he says Ray. I love the way he goes. We've watched this trailer a few times. Yeah. Start this trailer if you haven't seen it, and you should watch it. Uh, is um, Charlie Hunnam talk, talking to Hugh Grant, but Hugh Grant starts by going, Can we play a game, Ray? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a bit where I can't tell if it's a mistake, but he says, he, try, he says Ray again, but he follows it up quite late with Mund, so he just goes, Ray. <laughs> it's really I don't weird. It's pronounced as you think it is. It's, it's like Raymond. 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 It's very strange. Anyway, I liked it a lot. Those are five films coming out. Yeah. I think I'm. I'm really looking forward to 1917 in the Kingsman. Rank them one to five. I'm going 1917. I want to see most. Then the Kingsman. Then Richard Jewell. Then the Gentleman. Then Birds of Prey. Mm. Disso. 17 further down for me. Do you not like a uh, war? Dunkirk, like horrors of Dunkirk war. just fucked me up so much. Yeah, I was not well after that film. Well, <laughs> it was so you might sad. Recover in time for this. No, I don't need it again. Mm. One of them, one of those two boys is dying, isn't he? Be sad. Oh, you put that into my head. <sighs> Do you know where a game where a lot of people die? Yeah, ninety. Well, ninety. Between 97 and 99 every time. Uh, no, actually, Apex it's Legend. a 60-player game. Thank oh, you very much. Well, I've got that wrong, haven't I? <laughs> Damn. Uh, Apex, you've played it, Matt. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I've been playing well, it. Yeah, I've played, season 3, though, now, right? Yeah, i played a lot of Season 1. little bit of Season 2 mm. fell off, though, a bit. Because other games happened, don't well, they? I mean, they did, yeah. yeah. But Season 3 is interesting to me, mainly because, because. there's a whole new map. <gasps> A whole and it new looked- map. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, that was unexpected. Um, and it looks colourful. It is. How it's- colourful is it? On, on a scale of <laughs> 1 to 10, how many colours? <laughs> uh, well, that's... Uh, oh, I don't know. Where do, where do we draw the line? Um, that's for you to decide. It's, it's got, like, at least four. Yeah. So, four out of ten. Yeah. Wow. No, it it's much more colourful <laughs> than that. I was going to go eight. It's yeah. It's it's got lots of lots of nice neons in it. Lots. What of... is going on? Can <laughs> uh, we talk about the game? Uh, it's got a. Uh, <laughs> uh, I believe that's a volcanic plate section. There is a volcano. Yeah. So there's volcanoes. There's. <laughs> what the <heck>? This is. <laughs> This is just spiraling out of control now, isn't it? Yeah, there's a volcano section, there's an ice section, there's there's lots of biomes now. Yeah, so that's the... um, I like the original Apex. I hate this. I like like Kings Canyon. I thought it was a very good Battle Royale map. It was a good size, but it didn't really vary that much. It had a sandy area, a grassy area, and kind of a swampy area, and Mm. that was it. It's kind of much more like a PUBG map in which that kind of... I think Mm. that's the thing you've got two schools of thought maybe in Battle Royale is that you have PUBG-style maps which are thematically solid Mm. across it, or you have 
the Fortnite idea, which is where you break it up into lots of little almost mm-hmm. Minecrafty style, sort mm. of like, here is the bit that does this, mm. and then you move like four feet to the left, yeah. and suddenly you're in the ice bit now. This one has a big fucker of a train going through it. Yeah. Does it? Yeah. Can you get you run can, over. You can start yeah. it and stop it. Ooh. And you could jump on it. Yeah. And you can ride it around and get into the city. You've got a city in it now. It's much more Titanfall-like in the way that it's designed. It so does look a much bigger map. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, you say that. I think now I've had a few games in it. It's not that much bigger than King's Canyon, but there's much more open space, which does mean that if you're good at sniping, there's slightly mm. more opportunity. And if you're bad at sniping or you're bad at running away from snipers, it's can be slightly more frustrating depending on where you've landed. How does it deal with, do you have to choose a map to go into? No, no, at the so moment, in, in season three, there is only this new oh, map. Oh, they've got rid of the other one. Yeah, I King's Canyon that. is gone, and it wouldn't surprise me if there's there's definitely, I think, a push now for the idea of the, like, the legends are like Overwatch's characters. Like, they have, like, Crypto has turned up, yeah, who's their new, new character. He's the new character, Crypto, and he has a drone. He does have a drone, Which yeah. looks very fun and very useful, but it obviously means your character is just standing there doing nothing yeah. and can get shot. So, no. I haven't used him yet because obviously, like, you have to pay to play as mm. new characters and so like I've been waiting to do enough kind of drops with people that are using him to decide whether I want to use it or not and I think I'm probably going to drop some money on him um, largely because like I quite like it when people steal stuff from Rainbow Six yeah, and mm. it's the preparation phase from Rainbow mm. Six to a degree or, or you know sort of like when you deploy your drone to peek around corners but this drone can fly and you mm. can get nice overhead views and when you Effectively, Crypto has a neural link that he shares with the two other people on your team. So what he can see, they can see as well. Oh, that's very cool. So if you send the drone up and there are, you know, there's a squad over there, it highlights little triangles around them. So it's a bit like you know how Bloodhound can sort of like do the 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 big pulse. Yeah. And, and they, they're non-binary, aren't mm. they? Um, can see where other people are behind it. It's a bit like granting that to other people on your team. Mm-hmm. And also the drone can then deploy an EMP, which shatters their shields. So you can shatter the shields, show everybody on your team where they are, and just do kind of an ambush. That move. seems very. That seems dirty. Powerful, but, yeah, I mean, but as you say, it means yeah. If you're in a team of three, you're only down to two people. Yeah, you've got two people that have to look out for you effectively because, and, and it's not like. I guess there are plenty of places you can hide, but it's not like there's a specific sort of like cover mechanic where you're no. locking yourself down behind something you make yourself safe. So there's you know th- there's a risk reward there, and I'm sure like. He probably needs a bit of balancing. And can that, I assume that drone can be shot by enemies? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, there's lots of things to think I'm about. I'm going to jump back in that because I never really, I only ever played with the base characters. I never got into any of the new ones they yeah. added. I play Watson two. quite a lot yeah. and I like Watson a lot. But I, I might, <sighs> Crypto does interest me because they seem very powerful abilities, but it's the same thing in Siege. I don't want to be a character like Echo who's has to be on a drone a lot of the time. I like to be just Mobile. running around with a gun yeah. yeah I think the pace of the game is something where you you wouldn't want to be on the drone all the time because mm. like you ruin the pace of the battle royale if you don't um, and there's lots of the, quite a lot of the old modifications have been rotated out now and replaced with different ones so there are like you can one of them I think basically turns the um, the flatline assault rifle more into like a sniper rifle mm. like really heavy rounds but only single wow. shot and so there's lots of changes around there um, and obviously, you can't make the most of that if you're on your drone all the time. So I think like it's 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 finding that balance, right? Mm. Have, you, have you got a win yet this season? Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, I, I take offense. All I was right. just asking. Yeah. I don't you're know how many real, games you played. Piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you might have only played one game. <laughs> I've only played three this season. Oh, oh he's an absolute king. Now he's showing off. 
Do you think you can win the endless search this week? Probably not. Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Yeah, 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 and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Is it in the search? So, for the end of the search this week, we've got a couple of good suggestions for games. We will have a look at those, but for now, we're a bit rushed this week, so mm. I do apologise. It's going to be a used concept. Yes. Which is the Mr. Lister game that yeah. Joe brought up a few weeks ago now two yeah, or three yeah two or three um, but I've basically I've selected five cards I'm going to explain the rules don't we're worry doing, Joe well we're doing it less blind than we did it last yes, time I've selected it's five gonna that be are better. more better set to our interests I think okay okay and basically there's going to be it's pretty much like go on name them but instead of bidding how many you want to say you're just going to take turns answering until someone can't name one so and then you get knocked out for example it'll be like that'd be a really simple one but you know Star Wars films you just take turns at saying them until someone can't say one okay okay yeah should be simple yep here we go and there's five different ones and it's the best of five okay so the first topic is the ten most famous fictional bears according to the Guardian well uh, who goes first um is it just whoever answers first um I think we should take turns. So okay. uh, I'm going to... Well, Matt was very confident, so Joe can go first. Okay. <laughs> Yogi. Yogi is there. Pooh. Sorry? <laughs> Pooh bear. bear. He's there. Baloo. Baloo is there. Paddington. He is. That's four. Shit. Do you remember there's uh, star dancers? So they're extra special ones. Oh, but What's the forest fire bear? On? Sorry? Hawthorne. <laughs> what? I've Has never heard of it. Who's the forest fire bear? There's a forest fire, fire bear, bear in the US. Forest. I know I've lost. Forest fire are called bear. Fictional bears according to The Guardian. Yeah, You've I gone know. for the forest fire bear. Smokey bear. Who's that? You've never seen Smokey bear? No. Only you can prevent forest fires. Oh. Did you, you have go. any more? Smokey. In the big blue house. Uh, he's not there, oh. no. Smokey the Bear. Only you can prevent forest fires. So you got four of them, and they were four of the standard answers. There was five special ones that you get. So we're not playing the game, I should say, how it's meant to be played. I don't care. Because I feel like our rules are better for a podcast. <laughs> yeah, the main rules of the game actually involve writing things down. Yeah, and yeah, that's, yeah. that's not a good audio medium. It's good if you're playing across oh, a parlour No one table. likes the sound of graphite against paper in their ears. Actually, I do. Stop breathing so heavily. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Uh, so you, other ones you could have had Rupert oh, oh shit he's got the trousers <laughs> <laughs> is Super Ted on there no Super Ted's good though yeah. do you remember Teddy Trucks no the TV no. animated oh that was good I'm slightly younger than you so maybe that's that uh, you could have had Ted which is disappointing oh what the Seth McGonagall <laughs> <laughs> Seth McFarlane yeah yeah you could have had Ted you could have had Bungle from Rainbow oh, yeah, oh, I'm yeah. a big fan of Bungle uh, Irit Burnison from oh, his star yeah. materials. Yeah. Yeah. The John Lewis bear. Oh, fuck shit. off. <laughs> the Guardian can F right off. And Fozzie. Yeah, yeah. Fair play. Fair play. Fair, fair play. Fair play. Fair play. That's one now. <laughs> uh, I was going to. Nah, come on. Let's make a bear joke. Um, that's one nil to Matt. Four more. Next one is. Are you ready? Yeah. The 13 different types of milk 
listed on shape.com. This is very... Um, what is shape.com? I think it's like a Weight Watchers Are we right, talking animal variants or... Uh, there, it's just different type, thirteen different types. What of do you milk. mean, thirteen types <laughs> that's, of milk? That's well, the question. You, I guess we have that's, to gamble. There's right. thirteen. We talked about milk a few weeks ago <laughs> on the podcast. Matt goes first. Are they? Can I just clarify? Are they? Are these brands? They're not brands. They're types of milk. Right. So semi skimmed. Yes. That is okay. One. So that right. That was the big one. <laughs> Whole. I'll give it to you. It's full, full fat, fat here. It's, yeah, yeah. Come on. it's the it's blue just, cap. Yeah, yeah. Skimmed. Yep. Well, those are those three. <laughs> Sheep's. Sorry? Sheep's milk. How kind am I being here? How kind am I? <laughs> there's goat. Are you, would you no, allow that? No, that's not the same. Okay, that's well, there we go. No, there's, there's no sheep. Sheep's milk. Come on. <laughs> is that a regular supermarket? It's what Fetter's made yeah, out of, baby. And, and Asda sells camel milk these days, so... <laughs> Does it? Yeah. Mm. Costs a lot. I'm going to buy it one day, but my Asda nearly burnt down. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't prevent you from You can go find it, it in other Asdas. I'm not going to a faraway Asda. I go to my local Asda, which nearly burnt down, and then I can't when now. When you say nearly burnt down, as in it set on fire but didn't collapse, or... <sighs> Okay, Walthamstow had a fire incident in the mall. The Asda's part of the mall. It's in I the see. it's in the wing of the mall that was burning. Okay. Asda's closed for a bit. <laughs> I had to cut down on my camel milk. Um, well, Matt's two 0 up. Did you have any others? Um, is is like almond milk yeah. on there? Oh. Um, yeah, it is. Coconut. Yeah, I drink it every day. Oh, Oats. No. Yeah. All Cashew. Yeah. <laughs> Soy. Yeah. He no, he's a milk boy. Hazelnut. Yeah, he's a milk boy. <laughs> the milkman. <laughs> Matt the milkman Perslow. <laughs> there's only, well, I already said goat, so you can't have that one, but there are, there's only three more. Go on. Um, Go on, milky. Your milk Rice. Not- yes. He's <laughs> <laughs> got two more. Come on, Matt. Trying to figure what the other ones are. I think you're going into the Alpro section of. <laughs> Matt's whole body language has changed. He looks so proud. What he looks like a wrestler. So basically, my, my previous office, most people were attempting to go vegan. Um, okay. So we changed all of the cereal milk from mm. various oh, different plant alternatives. Trevin, what other ones we had? Experiential milk, milk advantage. <laughs> We've already done coconut, haven't we? Yeah, Jay? I did yeah. coconut. There's oh. only two more. Um, I would never have got these as milks. <laughs> Fuck it. Are, they, are, they, are, they, <laughs> are these are these like in the bottom stars? Yeah, these, these are, are two special. stars. So rice and cashew were also starred. So are these that. are they nut based milks or? Um, no. Are they animal based milks? No. Well, we're getting no. too many clues Come on. now, aren't we? You've got. If you don't know um, them, you don't know. Them. You've already <laughs> proved. Yeah. Some, you've proved some milk knowledge. Many um, of hemp. Them. Hemp. Oh, I, I have used hemp in a cake before. It was not awful. <laughs> Stinky weed and milk. And flax. I didn't realise you can make milk out of flax. Oh, you should try that. I mean, anyway, I don't, I don't that's really impressive like milk knowledge. Yeah. That's impressive milk I knowledge. Think You've got to give it to the man. Very well done. And you Deservedly will be tune up. the milkman forever. <laughs> Next subject. This should be very relevant to our interests. And if you don't get them all, you should be sacked. I've had enough of this for not having played <laughs> The Last of Us online. Well... More of that later. As of 2019, there are 12 games consoles that have sold more units than any others. 
list. Right, um, that's a weird way to phrase that question. It's basically the 12, <laughs> the 12 top selling games, games consoles, consoles. Yeah. of all time. Yeah, it doesn't say if that's Britain or worldwide, but I would say worldwide. They're probably similar. Yeah. Uh, Joe first. PlayStation 2. Yes. PlayStation 4. Yes. <laughs> the Nintendo Wii. Yes. The Xbox 360. Yes. The Nintendo Game Boy. If that's not on there, that's bullshit. It is, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> gonna go. It's just teaser. You know when Chris Tarrant said, "Are you sure?" When everyone knew it was right. Yeah, it was awful. So like teasing them. Got to drag out a ten-minute quiz into an hour program. Well, Game Boy Color. Mm-mm. Oh really? It's under Game Boy, surely. Mm, well, it's not here. But I mean, is that a Game Boy variant? I think. Oh. Like you count all versions of my next guest, the Nintendo DS. Yes. Under one thing, even though there's DS, Lime. DS Lite, DS others. Well, I don't know how, how are we playing this. Well, I win. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's two one to my happy. For you you could also have had the PlayStation, the PlayStation Three. Three. The th- I genuinely wouldn't have put the three. I didn't. I guess it, it makes sense 12. amidst yeah the whole yeah. twelve. Yeah. Uh, you could have had the three DS. The PSP. The Xbox One's got to be on there. No. What? Less the, than the PS3? Yeah. Oh, it would be in 2017. Uh, the yeah. PSP, the Game Boy Advance, and the NES. The GBA. Yeah, we got GBA I had. It's my first Game Boy, the Game Boy Advance. That was my first Game Boy, and my dad bought it for me because I jumped off a rock. <laughs> <laughs> Lots Sorry. of personal stories this week. <laughs> out, out of protest, or...? So, <laughs> Is there a fire nearby in the mall? <laughs> no, I can remember being um, on a holiday in somewhere in the south of Spain, and I really didn't like the idea of diving off things into swimming pools. Mm-hmm. And my dad said, I'll buy you a Game Boy Advance if you jump off that big rock into that swimming I'll pool. I'll buy you a Game Boy if you jump in a swimming pool. <laughs> a fun thing to do anyway. It's a nice thing to do. Leave him he was encouraging me to be a brave little lad. Uh, fair and enough. look at him now, naming milks like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> wow, he's 2-1 up. Here's number four. It's all to play for. Arnold Schwarzenegger's 12 highest rated films on IMDb. Oh, That's that IMDb, not SciMDB. Yeah. No one cares about that. <laughs> uh, Matt first. Terminator 2. Yep. I'm out. Uh, <laughs> let's say Terminator 1. Yes. Commando. Yes. Going out on a limb. Last action hero. Mm-mm. Really? That's a fun film. It's, yeah, it's a fun time. Well, it's not in the top 12. Should Can you imagine said, that? Why didn't I just say Predator? Uh, that's 3-1 to Matt. I'll just list the others because yeah. we can't name them all. Uh, Total Recall, True Lies, Conan the Barbarian, The Running Man, which is a personal favourite, The Pred- uh, just Predator, mm-hmm. California State of Mind, The Long Goodbye, Dave, and Escape Plan. Wow. I would have said that um, Last Action Hero would be above at least half of those. I think so too, but I am no. stupid for not saying Predator. <laughs> I also say No Jingle All Way, the best Christmas film. I don't know if it's the wrong best. That's fine. It's all right. It is. 3 1 to Matt. So he has one this week, but yeah. there's still some pride, Joe. Don't what, worry. What am I going to do against Milky Boy? <laughs> uh, there's no source for this, so I don't know where they're getting this info, but it just says the nation's 10 favourite biscuits. Okay. <laughs> I don't know according to who. It doesn't say which nation. <laughs> it's our nation, the UK. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know who, God, if this is from. Oh, no, there's a little source here, metro.co.uk. I love that. So It's my ten, favorite free newspaper. Ten favorite biscuits, mm-hmm. uh, Joe. Rich tea. If rich tea's <laughs> not on that list, that's insane. You agree that I like rich tea biscuits. You're boring. You agree that's bullshit. I mean, it's probably on the te- ten most highest selling. Is it anyone's favourite? Rich tea's not on the fucking list. Like, I, I get, I, I guess it as a favourite. I see if I'm going to buy them, buy the ones with chocolate on them. Mm-hmm. Not going to just buy a, a normal cho- a chocolate rich, chocolate rich tea. tea. Yeah. Why have I said rich <laughs> You've made a fool of yourself. I, have, I don't think I've made a fool. Is, I think I've made a fool they... of Lister. <laughs> so there is, I will say there's some controversy on this list. So Go I'll on. read the ones that aren't that controversial. Chocolate digestives. Yeah. Jammy Dodgers. A normal digestives on it. Um, yes. Good. So digestives are. Hobnob. Jammy Dodgers. Uh, chocolate hobnobs are not yeah, normal hobnobs. Yeah, that's the greatest biscuit. Custard creams, but spelt custard cremes, as in... The French way with an accent. That's not how a custard cream is spelled. Not as far as I'm aware. Unless I've had it wrong my whole life. But I'm pretty sure it's just cream again, spelled the way no, we'd no spell cream. That way. Custard creme. That's not an original brand. Because that's the thing, like, a chocolate hobnob is actually a brand, right? Yeah. Like, hobnob is a McVitie's yeah, brand. No, no one else is making them like them, though, are they? No. Uh, shortbreads. Bourbons. I don't like them. No, I don't like bourbons. I, I like bourbons. Ginger nuts. And here are the two controversial ones. A Jaffa cake. Not a, not it's a biscuit. Not a biscuit. Not a biscuit. It's not a biscuit. It's not a biscuit. Fucking says so in the name. <laughs> yeah. Also literally proved in court. I know. They baked and a giant Jaffa cake. If you feel that's bad, get yourselves ready for this one. Wagon wheels. <laughs> there's a, at least there's a biscuit element to a wagon wheel. No one's calling a wagon wheel a biscuit. I agree. But it's be- that's a better, more appropriate choice than Jaffa Cake, which is just factually and legally incorrect. Um, there's a tie-break one at the bottom of this one. There isn't all of them, but none of them are that interesting. This one. Uh, how many Jaffa Cakes in a yard of Jaffa Cakes box? Oh, uh, it is. I get one for Christmas every year. Is it? Is that... Six normal See, Jaffa I've, Cake boxes? It's either five or six, and they're 12 per pack. <laughs> but they're not anymore, because they're 10 in a pack now. Well, this is 2017, mm. the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> go on, go on. It's, I mean, it's... Uh, I'm going to say 60. Four, one to max, we literally named none of those. I'm going to say 60. How many are you going, Matt? Is he going to lowball them? <laughs> is he going to eyeball them? Uh, I've gone five boxes, but there's 12. No, yeah, five boxes, but there's 12 in each. 60. Yeah, I'm going to say, like... 58 with me? How are you adding that up? Just having it's fun. It's 48. Oh, wow. It's four boxes. That was fun. That was shoddy. May I also say that... Uh, Wait, from us or the game? <laughs> bit of both. The biscuit <laughs> one was a bit dodgy ground. I did read one earlier, which I was going to ask, uh, but it was the question was just wrong. It was... Uh, it said uh, 10 Beatles singles have sold more than any others. <laughs> What am I listed? I don't know. Ten Beatles singles had sold more than any others, and then it it listed ten albums. Yeah, that was weird. So you that's showed just, me that. That's I just didn't incorrect. Understand. But uh, I suppose that was good fun. Let's do some feedback. Okay. Who's first? Matt's first on the list. Go yeah, on, Matt. I can read mine first. Read it out. Oh, do you know what I've done here? I've completely forgot to put. You have put who they're them. from. Do you know what? I'll, While you read I'll, it, I'll find it. Yep. Okay. So from mystery caller number one. <laughs> Hi all. A couple of weeks ago, you did a screen reading of Dale's short film, which was great. 
after that episode. The film was called Which Was Great. Well, it was actually called Citizen. But. This is from Charles Fenzy. Fanzy. Fanzy. Great to hear from you, Charles. Oh, he says at the bottom, Fanzy. Nice. Uh, after that episode, I went and watched the film so I can see what he actually shot and how it looks. And I must say that it deserved every award it was given. I oh, think that, it was what lovely praise. I think it was one award, so it deserved one award. <laughs> Being wow. more, more than more than I actually many. don't. Know. I don't know if it's one award. <laughs> Dale's going to beat me we've up. All, we've all won awards, have we? Got nominated yeah. once. <laughs> to get, didn't win it. Um, after that, I immediately thought I need to have my group play a one-shot D and D campaign session about this and see how it goes. And here is how it went. <laughs> I'm very interested to know how this, like, because obviously Dungeons & Dragons is not set in a sci-fi setting like Citizen is. So did you actually use Dungeons & Dragons rules? Did you use something like uh, Shadowrun? Do, do I want to know the details. Charles, right in. <laughs> yes. Um, so. <laughs> Again. <laughs> he had three people instead of two and gave them all jobs. Engineer, captain, scientist. Instead of the air tank rupturing on its own, I had a space pirate combat happen and a stray laser blast ruptured the tank. Classic. Is this spell jamming? I wonder if it's spell jamming. (laughs) (laughs) When told the ultimatum, I put a whisper in the ear of why they were important and why they were individually the one that needed to survive. Mm -hmm. The captain immediately fought to grab the other ship and steal its air. Brilliant, but bad rolls. Um, the, the but through bad rolls, but through bad rolls, that shot drifted, ship away. drifted ship, away. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all the dice. Isn't We're putting it, it together. <laughs> uh, the engineer went mad, as you would, and did try to murder everyone, but was subdued by the scientist, who then fought to open the bay doors and just launch the other two out into space. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, the captain and the scientists worked together to replace their air tank and roll over to the other ship, and all was fine, outside the engineer dying. When all the lights came on, it turned out the scientist was on was on trial and absolved of his crime and was allowed back into society. There we go. What, a, what an entertaining... Dale said he was very honoured. Those think, were the words he used. Yeah, he also went on to say, but they did take some liberties. <laughs> Which, as I point out, is exactly what a good dungeon master does. They take liberties with the source to make it entertaining for the people around the table. Agreed. Very fair. Maybe we need to read more scripts. As long as Charles makes more D&D campaigns out of them. I've got some depressing stories I've written, so we can get around to those. Uh, I've got some feedback here from Matthew Durzo. Hello. Which is similar to Matthew Perslow. It is a little bit. That doesn't mean that we share ancestry. We call him. (laughs) Imagine if Matthew Durzo was wicked at naming cheeses. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it says, hello, boys. Anything? Hi. Oh, yeah, all right. (laughs) How are you? I was listening to Podcast 506, which was last week, and your predictions for The Last of Us Part 2. We can now talk about this because, Joe, you have finished The Last of Us. The episodes all, aren't out in the ether. No, all you, aside from uh, DLC. Le- you haven't played Left Behind, but you have played the main game. So I have. You, you're now in a position to predict what will happen in The Last of Us Part 2. I can. Yeah. And uh, I have. Ma- Matthew says The Last of Us is his favourite game of all time, so he's very excited for the sequel. As we all are. Mm. <laughs> Here's my theory for the game. I think Naughty Dog would do something similar to what we saw in The Godfather Part 2. Now, that intrigues me a lot. Hello. Laura Bailey is said to be playing a woman in the game whose name has been kept secret so far. I believe this will be Ellie's mother. I think during the game there'll be a flashback sequences. There'll be flashback sequences in between the regular gameplay where we take the role of Ellie's mother and we found out what happened to her during the outbreak. Well, that's After- a popular theory about the trailer where the woman is being hanged, isn't it? 
Oh, that that's Ellie's mum. Yeah, I believe that's a theory. I've done a bit of reading. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, we see what happens after Ellie's birth and with Marlene, and who is the leader of the Fireflies. Oh, yeah. I also believe that at some point in the game, Joe will, Joel will die. <laughs> Joe will die. No, okay. um, look, <laughs> I might die. We can't um, stop that from I, happening. I think Joel will die as well. But uh, judging by the trailer, I believe it happened towards the end of the game, and at some point during the course of the story, there will be gameplay with Joel and Ellie together like the first one. I feel like this would be a satisfying ending for Joel's arc if he were to die while protecting Ellie as she reaches the conclusion of her mission. Wow. I think that something like that will happen. That I think Joel will die in this game, and I think you will be in control of him for a short period of time when it happens. Do you think they're going to pull the old joker in batman arkham thing and joel's dead already uh, that was my theory but i'm now feeling like that'll be it seems a too bit of a cop out. silly for naughty Dog. yeah i feel like that is such an emotional moment that they wouldn't have it happen off screen his death very interesting good point i do I've, want it to happen early on though i want this i want the yeah. game to be about ellie i don't it, i think Joel's they are pitching kind of it that way i think well. that could be a shock element even what like, if he? <gasps> it could be. Both. What if she was running away with him in it, him in his her arms, <laughs> like the prologue to the first game? That would be mad. Um, but I think I really like the idea of that flashback stuff with the Godfather Part Two. Cause I that can't remember be... a game that's done anything that ambitious. There are definitely flashback games. Name one. Flashback. <laughs> <laughs> but anything with that sort of dramatic wealth <laughs> to it. Okay. What, yeah. Can I read mine now? Yeah, I was just talking about the last one. I liked good, it, I liked it? it, I liked it, I liked it. But this is from Chris Waterman. Okay. He says, Hi all. I was wondering if I could ask for your assistance in promoting a charity stream I'm hosting this weekend. You can. You might be aware that October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. As such, I am partnering with our local Killer Queen Jacksonville community. This guy's from Florida. Ooh. Uh, in hosting an all is it guaranteed women's- to blow your mind? Could be. In hosting an all-women's takeover of my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash rentalrush, for a weekend marathon of gaming and fundraising. We'll be playing games like Dream Daddy, Untitled Goose Game, Mario Kart slash Party, a selection of VR games, and a ton of retro titles throughout the weekend. We even have a VR-themed brunch planned for Sunday. The stream will run from approximately 6.30pm Eastern. Work it out. You should call that brunch. What's the instead of a B? No, 8.30 p.m. Brunch. Eastern. What's that? Oh, Sorry? God. Eastern for us. That's one eight, half 1 a.m. Half 1 a.m. October 5th for us. Uh, through 6 p.m. Eastern, October so that's 6th. that's tonight. It's tonight. Uh, we will take breaks for sleep, but I imagine the stream will still go plenty late for anybody that is a night owl. I will post a schedule on Thursday on our Twitter page, at Rental Rush Show. All donations go to the Breast Cancer Research Foundation and we have a unique donation link. Give.bcrf.org slash KQJAX. You can play this back in slow motion for that. If that's too much to remember, people can also find a donation button right on our Twitch page. That is twitch.tv slash rental rush. Sounds like a good time. What a good cause. Lovely cause. Lovely idea. Love to help. Lovely. (laughs) We're into it. That was lovely. Now... We're going to talk about Joker. So here's your warning. Here's the klaxons. Here's the music. Mm-hmm. Full spoilers for Joker. So don't listen to this unless you've seen it. For God's sake. Bloody hell.
this is your last warning. Oh, Joker spoilers now. My favourite bit of the film was when Joker said, Ooh, I'm kooky coconuts. <laughs> I don't remember that bit. That was, a, that uh, was, was about early, 24 minutes in. That was an early spoiler. Let's just do a broad... So last week I said that I thought this was a brilliant film. I still think it's a brilliant film. I don't think it's as controversial as people maybe want it to be. No. No. I don't think that the director's comments this week have helped. No. Um, but what did you guys think of the film? Just a broad... I think it is a good film. Okay. I don't think it's a masterpiece. Okay. I personally... And this is not what... Reviews are subjective. Yeah. I personally wouldn't give it a 10. Myself. Uh, I think Joaquin Phoenix's performance is unbelievable and... He should be given props. Yep. And perhaps he even is, accolades. Is unbelievable. Um I don't think the script does justice to that performance. Okay. And I don't think where it goes interests me all that much. Mm-hmm. I think I might be in a broadly similar camp to Joe on this. I think that Joaquin Phoenix is very, very good in it. Um I the one thing that does really please me about it is is that it is definitely more grounded in comics than I feared that, so that it would was, be. That was the thing you kept asking me before I seen it. Like, yeah. Does it feel like a, a joke film or does it just feel like a film about a man yeah. descending into I madness? I have constantly had this... Fear is not the right word. Who, who actually gives a fear <laughs> about films? <Yeah. laughs> but the, now that comic book films are big, we seem to be having a lot of... And it's the thing that Christopher Nolan deals with very, very well is he he managed to make a Batman film that was still very much a Batman film. It just didn't feel like a comic book film, but was very true to mm. its source material. I was a bit worried that this was going to be kind of like, well, people like comic book films and to make money out of doing my art house film that's not actually about anything. And if I just stick some Joker makeup on my main character, um, I can make a arty film I was a bit worried that that was what it was going to be it's not I think it's very heavily anchored in a lot of themes that I like about the DC Gotham based comics um, so I do like that about it I don't think it's anywhere near as controversial or to a degree anywhere near as clever as I think certain people have made out about mm-hmm. it I agree I think it's it has a masterstroke of a performance in it I think it's got lots of interesting things to say yep. I don't think it's like, it does surprise me that it won the Venice um, yeah. thingy, even though I think it's a, a good film. It's not... Yeah. I didn't think it's the sort of film that would win people over that don't already dismiss no. films based in the I universe. Don't, yeah, I don't think it does anything groundbreaking in particular. I just think what it does, it does brilliantly. That's why I love it. It's very much my sort of film. Like, I love Taxi Driver and Dog Day Afternoon and... And it's directed in network a comparable... And, and when I say comparable yeah. manner, yes, it does look like a lot of those, like, 70s Scorsese films, yeah. but, like, in terms of direction, it's incredibly well accomplished. Like, yeah. it, you could put that alongside those films and not say that it was any worse directed. No. I Yeah, it just does what I think it does just very, very well, which is why I love it. I just think if I made that film myself there wasn't many things i would do differently like i think one or two of the jokes don't land i do find the one where he just walks into the glass door completely out of place like for that character if and that moment yeah so but i don't know is is he is he deliberately trying to mess with tone there but 
that's also an excuse for getting things the, wrong sometimes. The way I was trying to explain it in my head is like, oh, is he trying to make... Because that's one of the first moments we've seen Arthur Fleck take control of a situation, mm. not, yeah, and growing not lose it, take his life by the scruff of the neck and do yeah. something with himself. And it is kind of like undercutting that whole moment and giving you the sense that no matter what he does, he will always fuck up mm-hmm. in some way. And I didn't, I didn't mind that. I minded a bit that it was like, it was played for a laugh. Yeah. Whereas what it could have been was he looks just devastated by that happening to him when he thought he was on the up. Yeah. I just don't think it works at that part of the film. If it was in the first 15 minutes where all the clowns, other clowns taking the piss out of him, he just walks inside, that would work more because yeah. at that point he's a fool. Whereas at this point in the film, he's growing more into a confident, just mad killer, really. Yeah. And yeah. like doing a bit of slapstick comedy doesn't work. Yeah. And that's... I'm kind of... I'm kind of the opposite to you in that the moment at which it starts tying itself into the comics is the moment at which I stopped sure. liking it as much. But like, is that almost a case of like, if it had been almost like a taxi driver, if it had actually just been about a guy that has horrendous mental health issues going slowly more chaotic, mm. like would that have been, that would have probably been a pretty good film, right? Yeah. But like, I think what my, I think what I wanted, and this is like, it's not fair to want something yeah, yeah. different and complain about it, but I think what I was coming to expect or coming to want from the end of that film was a clean break from Batman. Sure. Not doing down what he is as the Joker, but doing it in a completely different way, using this as a one-shot comic, an elsewhere, yeah. uh, Elseworlds type thing, where at the end, I kind of hoped he would kill himself. And that that would be the spark. And it's like the Joker is now a spirit, an idea, a movement, that's rather yeah. than that's the f- him finishing as the Joker. Yeah. To me, is like doing it, it lets down that's this idea that I this is a one off if, to me. I kind of like the theory that maybe he is now just locked up and he is this myth of something that happened one night, this mad mm. thing in American history that happened, and that maybe 20 or 30 years in the future someone does copycat that and become the actual right. joker so something i quite when... like to see is maybe maybe if if like this robert patterson film start actually starts mm. an actual batman universe that can actually sustain itself mm. one of the things that i quite like is rather than a direct tie-in because i think it does need to live on its own yeah but maybe just to mention that oh the night the waynes died there were chaos on the streets of yeah, gotham just a throwaway like so i think this is this film is as much the birth of Joker as it is the birth of Batman, really. It's the yeah. birth of Gotham becoming this lawless place, which we don't really see if this is a one-night thing or if this is now, this is what Gotham is, a place run by the lawless I mean, and the crime. it has to be, right? Because that's the whole... This is the thing why, like, I think if you're going to do a comic book film, you have there are certain things that you have to work with. And, like, the whole point of Batman is, you know, there are large segment, segments that fit together, but one of those is the fact that Gotham is almost like the incurable city and like it is it's perpetual 70s new york yeah Mm. like and it has to be in chaos and it's kind of like i got i very much get the impression from this film that like this chaos didn't happen on the night that the joker caused those things like the state of that city is fucking disgusting like this was like the trigger point really i Mm. think this is the point where and i must say i i was slightly confused through it as to who started the movement because for, for quite a while 
I felt that what it was was it was actually Thomas Wayne that had started it by his mentioning that um, about clowns. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, oh, it's people disliking that he's said that they're clowns, which is why they start the movement, because I don't really like the idea of the Joker because I think he's just an idiot. Mm. And, like, I don't In like this it. version of the Joker is... <laughs> quite stupid yeah and i sort of don't like him being the one that i don't think especially because he was on his own when he shoots the people on the train yeah i don't really see there's any way that he could have created that movement but i do like the idea of people responding to wayne being the reason why they rise up against him but as the film went on it seemed to suggest that no it was definitely because i of, think it's a bit of both i think you can have it both ways in as much as uh Yes, Wayne created the response, but that response is galvanized sure. by his appearance on TV yeah. and what he does. Um, there's something slight, and I know it's a film and it's a comic book <laughs> film particularly, there is something slightly odd to me about the idea that a man shooting a man live on TV and a man who is only ever presented as universally beloved mm. would cause this mass exodus of people to destroy everything in the streets and worship him like, i feel like it's there's a lot of people at the end mm-hmm. like i thought oh are these three people going to pick him up and take him mm-hmm. away and that's like his little yeah. gang of maniacs see i would much have preferred that because one of the things that i do think there might be a slight um and this goes deep into politics now is those people that are in the masks that are rallying outside of like their political message is for as far as me as a fucking dirty mm. leftist is concerned, <laughs> they've got a good point, you know, like yeah. get rid of, you know, the rich, eat the rich, yeah. you know, like they're, they're, they're the, and they are in the canon of Gotham, yeah. one of the things that causes such chaos. Them looking at a man that just shot one of the nation's most beloved TV hosts on. T- I think like, it's more of the point where he, it's more his speech and that he admits that he was the person who killed them. Sure. And then, and I still think we don't know we see Murray as beloved, but that might just be by yeah, 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 yeah. as and by Joaquin Phoenix's character. Yeah, we are viewing it through Arthur's yeah. eyes a lot of the time. And right, like some, like a lot of those people that write probably look at anyone in his position who is wealthy and well off as yeah. someone as someone to dislike. It is, yeah, it is odd. Wants, right. Murray is a late night host mm. who just does Gotham. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like public access late show. Yeah. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. I I really. I really enjoyed it. And the I big think question this... is, the big question is, did that even happen? Because they yes. do kind of put that, I do think it happened, because otherwise the film is pointless. Yeah. But yeah. like how much of, we're displayed, obviously, the bits with Sussy Beats, a lot of that is just fantasy in his head. Yeah. And they do hammer that point home, but mm. they do, because some audiences don't notice nuance. Yeah. <laughs> so that, they that, have to show you every scene that, that she wasn't in. Really bother me. I know. <laughs> but, so bad. <laughs> it felt so, against a film that's quite willing to let you work out that yeah. join the darts. Well, I didn't need that's any one of, of that. Maybe one of the concessions that DC were like, please just make it. People understand it. Yeah. I guess part of it is like, I don't know how much, um, because as we've already said, like I don't think it's anywhere near as controversial as certain critics have made yeah. it out. I think it's very clear through this film that he is a maniac. He is... He's an irredeemable character. Yeah, yeah. Like, you there can, is the bit of the end where he's pe- lifted up and people, obviously, there's a crowd cheering him, but those are all bad. Like Those aren't yeah. good. He's not now a national hero. <laughs> yeah, you not- you can pity someone at the same time as thinking they're a dickhead. Exactly. <laughs> like, I can sympathise with he is pitiable. a mentally ill person who has had child abuse and has his health funding taken away from him loses his job because mm. someone stitched him up but that doesn't mean I think that him killing 
for people is good. Well, it's like yeah. Taxi Driver is not a film about a hero. No. And that is hammered home. And it's the same conversation that they had when Taxi Driver came out. Mm. Just because you're following someone and watching their life and understanding them doesn't mean that you like them or think that what they do is good. And the end of Taxi Driver makes that incredibly clear in the same way as this does. Like, there's a tipping point and he tips way over (laughs) it and he's an asshole and he acts like the Joker at the end. (laughs) He's doing dances in front of police officers getting beaten up. Like, he's so obviously not a bad person. Not a bad person. Uh, not, like, <laughs> not a redeemable person. I'm on cards on the table. I'm a dangerous <laughs> lunatic. Um, and I've been radicalised by this film. I do want to say, like, I don't think the people who have said that this is a dangerous, controversial film are doing... No, not even that. Maybe they haven't. But yeah. I don't think they're doing it out of anything... Out of a bad no, place. It's, oh, no, it, I if think, anything, it's just over-concerned. Yeah, those criticisms come... I don't want it to seem like we're fucking... <sighs> some prick no. Bill Maher shouting is, about yeah. it and I understand the climate we're living in at the moment well, but that's not it, right, everything is. is gonna trigger something no. maybe that's us from a, what feels like a non-gun safe place uh-huh. in Britain yeah it also doesn't help that like the memes are already there and there's already a certain you know subsect of the internet yeah. that has taken him in as their little kind of like this is what society does to us and we're yeah. you know justified there are going to be some people in the same way that some people yeah. saw Taxi Driver as a legitimate hero well, it's almost like that's the message of the film oh, yeah. that some people are pricks yeah absolutely the thing that I do really like that it takes sort of seriously and I haven't because literally we saw it what two hours ago I haven't finished unpackaging whether I think it's sensitively dealt with but I'm pleased it does is one of my big things with Gotham is that it's about how it fails people with mental health mm-hmm. that's the whole point why so many people are running amok in that city yeah um, and I like that because Going in, knowing the conversations a bit around, I was a bit worried that they were going to play off Fleck as a very straight person with an understanding of what was going on. He's clearly very, very ill through yeah. this film. Yeah, and that's and the thing. He's not. He's not really an anarchist. He doesn't have a real. He's no, not he's choosing. Not, he's not Heath Ledger's joke. No, though. he just wants. If he just wants to be liked, he wants a dad. Yeah, yeah he just wants to be liked, and ultimately, the way he's found people to like him is by killing people, yeah. which yeah. is unfortunate. On that point. Do you think it's definitive that Thomas Wayne is his dad in this? Because of that I picture. I think he's absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of took that picture as like another imagination in some way. Like which, sorry, which there's picture? a picture where it says on the back you look great in this picture or something TW. Yeah. Which is like and then he screws it up uh-huh. and you're like, "Oh, is this the point at which it's telling us it was all a lie Thomas Wayne did was father the- an Ill- illegitimate child yeah. he is Batman's brother which that really worried me when that yeah, started yeah. When I was like don't do but I also that. think like just from I think that that isn't right because just look at the eight, like Joaquin Finn like, I know people can play people for different age that character is around 40 <laughs> Thomas Wayne looks around 50 he's, no he he's, might be 60 he's 60, he's 60. <sighs> I think it's possible really? I think what worried me is that like it would be taken more definitively I think it's kind of left up in the air as yeah. a lot of things you look back at that film you're like oh because of Zazie Beetz's character is this a moment at which yeah. I'm meant to be questioning whether and this I happened I want that to never be cleared up yeah no me too um, do I, you think the Zazie Beetz stuff was worthwhile no I, I don't understand why that plot line's in the film I think it's really maybe do you think is it's just another to, example of him 
saying how much he wants to be like or is it just the point of realization for him in the film that oh i am mental i think you could have a way more effective version i know again i'm second guessing a (laughs) professional filmmaker's film but to me it would have been much more effective if you had that moment of uh realizing that he's been imagining stuff is Mm. him going to pogos doing incredible in his being presented as if he's done incredibly well because there's that moment where there's like unrealistic yeah, amounts yeah. of laughter to what he said and then he watches the tv exactly and yeah. you maybe you have a montage of him going back to that club and killing and getting better and better and then he appears on tv and you're like wow he's actually the concept is he's made it in comedy and then it's him being made fun of from the first time you saw mm. that to me would have been sold that concept way better than there's a woman down the hall and he's imagining being with her. Um, which we've seen so many times. Like, have you thought about making films, Joe? Yeah, I am pretty good. <laughs> I'm pretty good at films. Um, but I think, yeah. I think we've it's done a, a lot one of picking. great film. It's a good film. And I just don't want to see that Joker. I hope they leave it alone. I think they'll leave it alone. I don't think Joaquin Phoenix is going to do it again. Phoenix is not the kind of actor who's going to go, yeah, let's do a sequel. Yeah, He's also, dare I say it, not the right sort of Joker to be put against a Batman no, that Joker in particular yeah. is is an would be an odd one because the jump in that character would have to be so wild, yeah. to make him in a like imagine Batman being around and on that night he's hanging out. Batman would just come down, swoop him up, and take him away. Like it'd just yeah. be like woo. So that's like the reason why, like, because Heath Ledger is much more. The, I like this film because, as you say, it's a bit like an elsewhere in that, like. The great strength of comics is that they've just decided that we can actually just keep telling all these little one-shot mm. stories and we can do what-ifs or mm. different interpretations. And every writer and artist has their own interpretation of what those characters are. Mm. My interpretation of the Joker is actually incredibly different to what this Joker is. Mm. But I appreciate that we've got this version. But you can't... He's not an antagonist. He's an antagonist to himself and the people around him, but not to a crime fighter. Yeah, no. You need the... Per- like, he doesn't seem to believe in ultimate chaos, which is all that the Joker as an antagonist believes in. Yeah. Heath Ledger... It's interesting, like, is Heath Ledger mentally ill or not? All you know is that he's incredibly clever and has no political or so society he, beliefs. He just wants chaos. Heath Ledger's joker is like more of a punk like he's he's like an old school anarchist nihilist like he's got more in common with the bad guys in the big lebowski than he does with that joker that we saw today but which obviously means that he is a terrible problem for batman to overcome Mm. whereas arthur fleck is more of a danger to himself really than anything else yeah i think it's brilliant i also think the music is absolutely oh yeah Uh, music's great especially the original score that is incredible music, especially when it swells right at the end and he does the little blood smile, which is yes. a great moment. Do you think that blood smile's meant to look like the Batman logo? Because <laughs> that's what I looked at. And <laughs> I went, didn't see that. Like, no. It's got such a perfect like swoop in the same way as Batarangs. I was like, <laughs> they've done that on purpose. I don't know. Um, but yeah. I we could, we, we, we should, we've done a lot of nitpicking. Can we quickly talk about how good Joaquin Phoenix is? Because all we've really done aston- is said he's yeah. good. Well, he's astonishing. The thing that, like, he, he's obviously fantastic. And yeah. what I love particularly is he has two laughs Mm. like and this i didn't know at all about the conceit of he has a laughing disease like that's a mental that's still like it's a brain trauma thing thing. or is that something he's been told he has but i think does it (laughs) i I prefer to think that it's real because it makes so much of that film uh so much more tragic Mm -hmm. and the fact that he can distinguish between his real laugh and his 
broken yeah. laugh. Yeah. It's not until like so, halfway um, through it though, because you, you can see it, yeah. if the smile comes in. Well, on. it's almost. I think the first time you really properly hear him laugh out loud, mm. rather than smirk with happiness, is when he sees himself on TV. Yeah, and that laugh is so shocking because you're like, "Fuck!" He sounds like a different person. Yeah, that's an unbelievable feat of he acting. Is. Yeah, I think he's. The best actor on the planet, and I think he's proven it. He's very again. good. You you pointing out the dancing thing as well was an ad lib, like yeah, because the, the dancing feels like such a piece of that character, yeah, that he made up on the spot. It's just so, so like it could so easily just be a cheesy like arty thing. Like let's have him just do a weird dance, but yeah. I think it just comes across just terrifying. Well, actually. I thought that until the very end. The okay. shot the shot of him walking down the hallway, leaving blood on the floor, and then doing Scooby-Doo running around at the end of the hallway. It's like, come on, mate. Yeah. That was quite silly. But uh, I think my favourite moment is not even when he says anything. It's when he comes off the train near the end, and mm. he's just... There's a, just a real... The shot holds for a, like, a few seconds longer than it should, and he's just staring. His eyes are just dead. He yeah. looks like a shark with clown yeah. makeup on. It's amazing. He's very good. He's a very good He's actor. got as well, like, the way that he could taunts himself actually reminds me a little bit of the joker from arkham asylum like he's got those kind of very gangly limbs yeah. and it's because he lost so much weight for that it. scene yeah. where it's his back yeah and there's oh, just, just something the creaking with of the leather shoe but like but, oh. his left arm looks like it's broken off and been put further down <laughs> his body like it's so mad yeah he what an incredible thing is incredible what a ledge hmm a ledger <laughs> don't say that that's nah. not fair nah. <laughs> oh man have you seen that like terrible meme picture going wrong it's not a meme picture it's oh, like the one of him like over his shoulder yeah where the Heath Ledger's oh, joker is off. over his shoulder and it just says like you got Do, it bud, you got it brother imagine being the who is definitely the 14 year old that made that picture yeah. <laughs> it's bad isn't it oh, oh. man it's, but yeah someone's I've, gonna regret that I think it's absolutely brilliant it's very good Mm. And I really hope, if you got here with us, that you've seen it. Yes. <laughs> or, or just don't give a single shit. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it twice in a week now. I don't need to see it again for a while, though, because it's, it's, it's heavy. Oh, it, I mean this in a good way. It feels long, because you've spent yeah. a lot of time with this guy. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it's not a long film by modern standards, but... No. He's yeah. in nearly every shot as well. It's not like oh, yeah. it's not quite the intensity of Jennifer Lawrence in Mother, where like literally what was she in like ninety eight percent of the yeah, shots yeah. of that film? But you see a lot of Joaquin Phoenix from a lot of different angles. Yeah, yeah. it's quite amazing. Very good. Is that it? Yeah. All good right. Chat. What a lovely time. Yeah. I like talking about films when we can say the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Here's some Joker music. Bye. Not Gary Glitter though. No. <laughs> Less said about that choice, the better. <laughs> I said that's life. That's life. And as funny as it may seem, some people get their kicks stomping on a dream. But I don't let it, let it get me down. Cause this fine old world, it keeps spinning around. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.